Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Hurling Show. Last week, I was Billy Nomates here. I had two people coming in. Uh... Kevin Morn and uh, Derek Holland, they were coming in from afar, but I'm delighted to be joined in studio this time. Uh, Michael Carton, former Dublin hurler, uh, a nemesis there for a while. As, <laughs> yeah. he, as, he, took, I, as he took us <laughs> over from 2007 or 8 on, and delighted to be joined as well by Paddy Maher. Paddy, uh, yeah, I suppose you're, you're, you're coming up from a performance, but didn't come away with what you were looking for. No, dear, I suppose. Um, big improvement on the Clare game, now, mm. to be fair. Uh, I suppose a lot of people at home weren't, I suppose, overly pleased with the performance uh, against Clare, you know, but uh, in fairness to Les, they, they answered it back there um, yesterday, you know, and just pure honesty and endeavour and hard work and look for an hour, look very well and, you know, they, they look very strong and just ran out of gas, I think, for the last 10 minutes and literally kind of up to the small bit as well, didn't they, like? Yeah, yeah, they did, definitely. How's all in the hurling stronghold of Dunboyne? Is that where you are <laughs> these days? Mike, I am, here? yeah, I'm out there. 12 years now, Gizzy, so it's... Out with the big ball, uh, the big ball <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, getting a bit of stick being a dub and made, but... Uh, yeah, there's plenty of you, I think, anyway. You there? There's plenty of you oh, out there. Absolutely, there's loads of dubs out there, but uh, no, the kids have joined the club and it's a bit of crack and... Yeah, are you playing? I, a few more. I played last year, but I tried to play, but I couldn't stay on the pitch long enough now. The old hamstrings gave way, so... Did you play senior or junior? Senior, or yeah, I gave it a lash for a year, but I was, wasn't much used, to be honest with you. It was more frustrating than anything else, so... Yeah, I called it a day at the end of this year. So yeah, well, yeah. my body gave up. We just had was carrying too many knocks over the years. Well, so. I mean, going back senior, like we, I think, and maybe if you went back playing junior and like you know warm your way into it, straight back into senior. Yeah, right. Like, 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 it doesn't like, matter where you are. Like senior hurling anywhere is, yeah. is 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 a decent standard. Like. Yeah, and I didn't know honestly. I had no clue of the standard of mid hurling. Like so, mm. I was surprised. Like it was much better than I thought. Yeah, um, I was enjoying it while I could stay on the pitch, but just look, you know, over the years and and from not playing for a year and giving everything up, I just the ham- hamstrings wouldn't hold up, so yeah, yeah. Had to call it a day again. Nice. <laughs> that's uh, it. Your second, your second yeah. retirement. It'll be management in a few years. Then yeah. golf. Yeah, <laughs> and it starts with the youngsters. Like yeah. You've got two. You've two young kids. Yeah, you? and so they're both in the nursery, and so I'm enjoying going out and doing a bit with them. And um, they need more hurling coaches. So I said, that's that's going to be my place for the next few years. Do they know? Do they know the like? Are they? Would, are you showing them games every night of your your old your old feats on the field? Like no, like uh, to be honest with you, my my six year old is. Uh, He's very laid back, and when he's that's out, hur- that's very surprising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he's out hurling, I'm trying. Mike, I'm, I'm so competitive. Sometimes I wish I wasn't as competitive as I am, and yeah. he'd be saying, "Daddy, he scored a great goal." And I'm like, "But you're the goalkeeper. <laughs> you, have to, yeah. you have to try and." And it was a great goal. He's, you know, there's no egos and kids, and yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get a bit more edge into him, but that will come. <laughs> you know, he's, in, he's enjoying it. <laughs> what age is he? Six. <laughs> I can't help it's it. I can't help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that parent on the sideline roaring and shouting at them. To yeah, yeah. Do better, and then on the other side, like, say, I often wonder about that. Like, it, there's, you know, the extremes are like Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, all of these people who are like primed from a young age, and then yeah. they seem to at a total uh, disadvantage to maybe other aspects of their, like their childhood. Yeah, just absolutely. A, having a childhood, but it's like leaving them figured out for themselves versus 
pushing him and there's a kind of a line there's a little balance there to be found because you do like I was pushed a little bit uh, but v- very much in a way that was more of an invite than a push like yeah. you know it was a lovely it was a, it was a, it was a nice balance but gee it's not easy to find it like no and my dad like I was lucky I had a huge support network all my family came to all my games and look my dad played for Dublin for over 15 years and he mm. knew what it was about but he'd also say to you, like, you think you'd have a good game, and you'd be like, what happened to that ball in the 68 minutes? <laughs> you got oh, yeah. edged off. Because you'd love that. There's always yeah. that little bit. But, like, I, I, I'll be trying to find the right balance for them. Yeah. Because when you see the Tiger Woods and all, they sort of seem to resent their parents. And all yeah, these, yeah, yeah. I don't want them to hate me, so I'll just... No, once no. he's enjoying it, and he just keeps it up. It's and, one of the base rules of parenting. You just hope that your kids don't hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about for you, Paddy? What was, what, was, what was it like starting off? Were you pushed, or was it always just something you went off and did yourself, kind of, or...? I suppose a gentle nudge is what you call it, really. Uh, yeah, I was kind of dropped off in the, in, in the juvenile club at five or six years of age on a Saturday morning. That was it. And it was yeah. a regular occurrence then every Saturday morning. Like, but uh, yeah, Would they go bo- to the games? Like, would uh, they they would, both my yeah. parents were, I suppose, highly involved. Both their families, my mother and my father's side, would have been um, strongly linked with the, with the club at home in Turles. So mm. um, I think there was only one direction. I remember asking my father, could I go up uh, soccer training one day with the local club? And I was just giving a look. And he says, no, you have hurling training, that's simple as that. I mean, the like, fact that you had to ask him kind of says, <laughs> yeah. says enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always had that battle look, as well. The look was yeah. the answer, yeah. Yeah, you knew from there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, three to four thousand. I'm just wondering, as you're, as you're talking about the, the performance at the weekend, there seemed to be a lot more grit from Tipperary. And I, I, I saw that there was, I saw a tweet that you'd put up about the, the support. And I know that those things are taken out of context as well and, and can be done so very easily. But... Was there is there a bit of defiance for maybe a lack of support in a performance as well? Like to feel like maybe the, when you're winning all Ireland, there's you know you could you could sell out Crow Park a couple of times, and then all of a sudden you know things don't go so well. I, I often re- heard it remarked about how fantastic the Wexford Harland fans were, and I and I felt when things were really bad was when we needed them most, and there could have been you know a thousand at a game, and you'd be kind of and and and, and the thousand to be there would be pure pure frustrated with you. So there is. I understand the responsibility of performance. You have a responsibility of performance to be churning out something that's that's tolerable to the spirit of Wexford hurling or Tipperary hurling. And maybe maybe fans feel that that's not there at the moment. But there definitely was... These are the strongest shoots now that I've seen uh, probably this year for, for Tipperary to say, no, this is this is actually heading in a, in a, in a good direction. Like, Yeah, you know, definitely. Like, and I suppose I did tweet that coming out again because... I I just thought I thought it was unbelievable that the you know even when Tipperary got a few scores, it was very quiet like around. But um, mm. but look, there's other aspects too, and there's different things that are going on in people's lives, or whatever. But um, yeah, but look, at the first day against Waterford like was it was a decent performance, like and it gave a lot of people hope. So mm. like just I suppose it was disappointing after the Clare game, and as you said there, there is there is a responsibility I suppose in performance and players giving giving it their all, like you know, and I'd say a lot of the players weren't too happy leaving the Clare game, you know. With performance and the effort and and everything that goes with it, so um, but look, in fairness, they redeemed themselves last uh, yesterday and they done, you know, they were fantastic there for an hour, like you know. So, like hopefully the the, the supporters at home will see that look, the younger lads now are after getting that bit better there and yeah, they're getting yeah. experience every day and day out, they're getting great experience and like yesterday was unbelievable experience against the All Ireland champions, you know. So um, look, as you said, there's good green shoots there, like, you know, st- loads of stuff to work on there, so, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of positives coming away from the Gaelic grounds yesterday now, to be honest with you. Yeah, there was, uh, I think around 27,000 at the game, and maybe, I don't know, was it three or 4,000 from, from, from Tipperary? Um, the experience that those young fellas are getting in front of what are a very vocal um, 
and based on where I now watch most of the games is Paddy O'Shea's I hit off down to Paddy O'Shea's <laughs> on a Sunday to watch the games which is a, a lovely benefit to this job um, and there's plenty of Limerick supporters that are, that are down for a while and they're very vocal uh, and they're probably different to a Kilkenny supporter who would have been used to looking at winning and having this kind of dominance so the lads who are getting experience uh, at the weekend are getting like it's it's fire and brimstone in terms of what Limerick, like not only the Limerick hurlers, but the whole Limerick train that comes into town is like it's intense. Like, yeah, you know, they're very passionate down there in Limerick, aren't they? Like, no matter what sport it is, like, you know, when mm. I'm working down there, so I, I see it firsthand. So, um, but yeah, they do make the Gaelic grounds a real cauldron, you know, the la- last number of years, especially when they're getting a bit um successful there, you know, when the few All Ireland's last few years, so um. But yeah, Limerick was always hostile ground to play in, especially when you're playing against Limerick. Yeah. Do you yeah. really make it, you know, they talk about 16th men in, 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 in sport in different terms, you know, but they definitely do have it there in, in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick, you know, so it does make it a bit harder. But like, as I said to you, a great experience for the younger mm. tip lads yesterday, like, you know, especially when they were, you know, probably on top there for an hour, like, you know, and mm. I was sitting back thinking, geez, lads are going to pull this off, like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but, you know, Limerick got one or two points back, got the game levelled and the Limerick roar started to come into it and it makes an awful difference like but at that said, time it's yeah. just it's very small times like it's yeah yeah, yeah you know I said to the Limerick crowd was going behind them and you know gave them that bit of a pep in their step and when they needed it most like you know so um, but yeah look I suppose great experience to for them younger lads in, in mm. front of a, a big hostile crowd like that like yeah hostile crowd <laughs> it's, it's funny because I know you're a fireman Mike but what I was thinking when you were talking about that is when you're like when you're lighting a fire and uh Sometimes it only takes, if you're not using fire lighters, if you use fire lighters, easy going. But if you're light, lighting a fire and you're kind of working on it, and there's, it only takes, certain times it only takes one little small addition, a tiniest piece of wood to catch fire and then the, the, the whole thing goes. Yeah. And it's like, that's the that's the benefit of, a, of the crowd. It's like, it's all even, Stephen, like, you know, things are, there's not too much difference. You just need that one little thing. And if the crowd come in at the right time, when it got to 61, 62, there was, a, there was I remember Hegarty had the ball out on the wing. He was kind of messing around a little bit, but it was a beautiful move. It ended up coming inside, I think, 1-2 with Morrissey. And I looked at a couple of the Limerick or Tipperary players and they went and kind of half went and you could see a tiredness was there in the decision making right on that time, I think. Uh, Declan Hannan came up and got a point at that time as well, and it was just it was just a, a very very small swing, and that was like the little the bit, the bit of tinder that they needed, and from there, that was it. Yeah, no, really, I think I remember the 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 moment you're on about there and Groot Hegarty kind of he attracted five or six of the Tipperary lads. Yeah, he kind of slipped from, and they went yeah. in, and then uh, a nice little pass out to Tom Morrissey. Now I think he had advantage, but Tom Morrissey had over, and I think that really drove on the crowd, and then. Declan Hannon's up like a captain does and yeah. and came up the field and got a big one to put him two up, I think. Yeah. So um that really got the as you said there, lit the crowd and yeah. I said to you, that just gives everyone, you know, if you're if you're on the team that that's you know, if you're on the limit team at that moment in time, then you're just you're six foot tall, you're after growing another couple of inches and you know, no matter if you're you're struggling up to that, the confidence is rising and the crowd is behind you, you know. So um if you're on the winning team, that's a great feeling to have yeah, at that stage. It is when things are going well. Uh I s- we'll go back to the Limerick game definitely Michael but just wondering where about Dublin or at you've been at you've been at at least a couple of games yeah. you were down in Wexford I heard reports from <laughs> the, the main strip in Wexford that you were down a couple of weeks ago uh, but yeah where 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 do, where do you see them at the moment I mean they're sitting on top they were always going to be I suppose people probably expected Wexford maybe to beat them below but yeah. They were definitely going to get the four points uh, from Leash West Mead, but now they're facing into Galway Kilkenny. Where are where are you at? Yeah, it's 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 tough to even now at the moment. 
Is it because, like, as I said, the first three, the first two games, I was expecting wins. Wexford, I didn't know after watching Wexford and Galway, I didn't really know how Dublin would stand up. Um, I was impressed with them in Wexford Park. They hurled well, had more of a system than they've had in the previous is, yeah. games. I've watched them, um, but again, Wexford didn't hurl great and could have pegged them back at the end. Mm. And then I went straight from that game to watch the Limerick and Waterford oh, game, sure. and it was just chalk and cheese. To be honest yeah. with you, the intensity, the scores. And I left that worried then. That night I was worried again for Dublin, even after coming from a win against Wexford. Because again, we don't know much about Wexford either at the moment. So it's hard to gauge where you're at, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It really is hard to gauge. Yeah, it is. Now, they're hurling well. They've three wins from three. But again, you're you're going into Kenny and Galway now. So they need, they need a win from one win from them two games. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's set up for the last round. Yeah. Only for Leinster, isn't it? It's going yeah, to be well, look, Kenny in Parnell Park. I can't wait for that one. So. That's like Dublin are good at making Parnell Park a tough place to go and win. So yeah. they, they'd be confident going into it. Maybe if Kilkenny came off of having gotten the free or having give, been given the benefit of the doubt for the last free yeah. and maybe knocked it over the bar, they've got a win against Galway up in Galway and yeah. things are maybe rosier in the camp. Whereas I can imagine the week after that Galway game, uh, I'd say Kilkenny have had it. They'll, they'll have had a tough, like they'll be going up to Dublin with a little bit more of a marker to sit down than maybe had it gone the other way. Look, Kenny are a county for me that mental strength they have an abundance. Mm. I never really see them drop their heads, no matter who they're playing or, or, or player results. They yeah. bring it all the time. Like, it's very seldom you get a win and you, you get away from them by seven or eight points, no matter how they're playing. They, they have an inner belief in themselves and they're very mentally strong. And of all the counties, they have that the most for me. Um, so I don't think last week will. Cody be driving it into them now that they need a game, need to win this game against Dublin. So, I think they'd be more ferocious than ever, really. To be honest with you, yeah, weekend. yeah. Uh, back to the game against, uh, or back to the Limerick game, Paddy. There's one. I don't know how. I I, I think Aaron Gillan. Um, and I was trying to kind of formulate this in my head yesterday. I, Aaron Gillan, in some respects, typifies the spirit of what Limerick have achieved in that. I reckon he's. I think most people would say he's probably the best, the best forward in the country at the moment. Or you know, he he he's leading the charge. Like there's no doubt about it. And he was prolific again at the weekend. And then he was also involved in a little bit of controversy and you know, a possible red card. Brian Gavin was saying today that he definitely would have sent him off for it. Um, that's neither here nor there in some respects. But he's not. He's not the the darling forward of hurling, we'll say, in the same way that Henry Shefflin would have been. It's like the GA hasn't taken him into his bosom and you don't see him up in front of everything and he's not selling places out, you know, in whatever way those fellas do it. But in some respects, I like that because it typifies maybe what John Kiley, what his charge was at the very start of his revolution was to say, we're going to throw everything out. We don't care if we're the darlings. We don't care. We don't want to be in the bosom of anybody. We don't want to be liked necessarily by anybody. We're going to play on the edge. And Aaron Gillan plays on the edge. Uh, and can you like him or, or, or load him? That's just that's just the way he does it. Yeah, you know, I suppose he is one of the, probably up there, the leading top forwards, isn't he, at the moment? And uh, yeah, but... Um, you know, you need that bit of bite in you too, don't you? Like, you know, the kind of mm. type of like Raikeen kind of thing, like, don't yeah. you? But um, look, I'd say the Limerick lads are loving having him on the team because, you know, he's able to win the ball either way and inside the full forward line. Uh, he shows leadership like yesterday, you know, scoring two important goals at important stages as mm-hmm. well, both early on in the game and late in the game. And then that bit of bite, now, whether he goes over the top at times or not, that's, debat- that's debatable there. But for me, if I was on the team with him, you know, I'd be saying, you know, that's great. Like maybe, you know, just watch it a small bit in case you do. Someday you will get caught and we're down to 14 in an important game. But, 
you know, personally, I like that bit of bite in in in, in a forward, yeah. especially because they do get you know rough treatment at times. You expect I, it from a back, but yeah. having having the forward is, is a rare thing. Exactly, like. yeah, like you know, and um, you know they have enough to be putting up with full backs and cornerbacks <laughs> pulling and dragging out of them, you know, day in day out. So they have to be able to look after themselves too. And it goes back to when I was playing there, like when I started out my career, Owen Kelly was a great man like that oh you know he was geez. fabulous he skillful was hurler fierce. but he was you know tough as nails well able to well able to you know look after himself as they say on the pitch you know yeah. so um, I think all the, the great forwards have that have that in them um, it's just don't let your team down and go over the line it, that's, that's the only thing you know but watching him because sorry like as a defender I was saying to myself how would like, how would I approach it he's I seen Jackie Tyrrell saying, oh, "I'd stay behind him because mm. look, there's nothing worse as a, as a as a defender when you cough flat footed and you know he's behind you because yeah. you're half trying to find him and put your hand mm. up and you're wide open from to catch it." Yeah, but if you don't stand in front of him, he's so pacey. Like yeah. you can't yeah. you can't allow you can't stand behind him and allow him from the front. His movement is so good. He gives a little jink and he's gone to the far corner. So he's so hard. Like yeah. you saying to yourself, he'll score four points like a shot if you stand behind him all the time. Yeah, you have to sort of take a chance. And yeah. You know, it's a bit of a game of chess, so I'm going to try and stand to the wing. Like, I'd sort of be saying to myself, I'm going to stand on the left-hand side of him and just... I know there's an option there, but there's players on the right-hand side. It might just give me that little bit of an edge. Yeah. But you can't you can't either be left in front of him. You, you used to be a, a devil for it. Like, you'd love to get behind and just put the right paw up and, you know, yeah, you're left yeah. wide open as a defender, so... He's kind of playing it as a, as a, as a backman. Yeah, kind of exactly. Like, you know, yeah. As a back, you want to be behind the yeah. forward and just flick. Yeah. So you know, like, but uh, if you as you're saying there, Mick, if you stand in behind him, then Limerick are so good at placing the ball in front of him into space. Mm. You know, he's able to make the run. And like, what do, do you do? You concede right? At least I'm going to concede here as a point. But Aris are trying to read it better than him. But he's very probably one probably the best in the country at coming behind you. Like you know, just yeah. last second using his elbow. All all fair and square. Like I mm. I would say. Like you know, but a nightmare for a defender there and. I think everyone will. Everyone he'd be worried now going forward. That I can't get caught here in front of Aaron Glam. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're very good now. I don't know. The first one was a mishit by Jeremy Burns. Well, that's the thing. If the ball is handed out to Jeremy Burns, he's 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 seventy odd yards out. Like I was just thinking, right, this point for Jeremy Burns. Yeah. Off we go. Like, but so drop short. What what position are you? If you're in and you finished up close enough into the square to know, like. Was it who was underneath him? Uh, James Kennedy James for the first goal and then Barrett. First one, Carl Barrett was in there in the second, yeah. but the first one in particular. Uh, what position are you taking up when 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 that's coming in? Because I felt with Kennedy. Well, I, before I tell you what I feel, yeah, where would you where where would you be taking? What position would you be taking with him? Well, personally myself, I always felt naturally that I'd be always kind of just either shoulder to shoulder with the forward or. Just a slightly bit behind him, you know that kind of way. Yeah, I suppose keeping your body closest to the goal as possible. But um, look, that's it. I suppose look, you have to be kind of wary that the ball could could drop short, yeah, or the ball could hit the post and drop down. So you have to be prepared for all them. But like I said, usually Tim Burns getting the ball, you're kind of thinking, right, this is either going over the bar or to go wide. But he'll have fifty yards left in the shot. Yeah, like exactly. there's going to be no, there's going to be no. Yeah. It's not going to go short. Like so, yeah, there's not many he's missed. Yeah, like. but it's actually fun. It's gas like. When I was watching it back last night, you can see it from the angle behind the goal that when Dimmer Burns got the ball, Aaron Galan actually put his hand up in he the did, air and it was actually right. like hit he it into me, yeah. hit it into me. Yeah. And he actually mishit it <laughs> and he was still inside behind in, on the edge of the square, like and you know, he's just so good at it. Like and he's actually he's right on the line of the square. He's very good to actually stay out of the square, but just just on the edge of it, like, you know, and yeah. do you know so um but I don't I don't think that you would be playing the ball as much. That's that's what I, what I felt with Seamus a little bit. It was like, 
I mean, he's not green. You know, he knows he's, he knows the game inside out. Like, but the full back, I expect he's he's as and you do get away with it. Like, you're playing the man as much as you're playing the ball, and that involves blocking that run. If I see a fella going and he and he's going to stand under a ball, and if he's going with the hurl straight forward, like I'm just laughing inside. Yeah. I'm delighted because I've got me three steps. I'm gonna I'm gonna be three quarters the way up on my hang time above him when he starts to jump, which is gonna keep me suspended for that extra fraction of a second and then you're hitting the ball at the pinnacle of your jump like it's but the 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 I suppose the hurlers who just didn't really accept that kind of behaviour from you <laughs> who I would expect you to have been one of them played my run in like you just it's a, the, that little bit of cuteness like JJ now he's trying to get a jump yeah. up and catch a ball over yeah. Jay's joke like you know he he's not playing he's not playing the ball but he's just playing your run as well as playing the ball it's a little bit there's a, there's a subtle difference there that I I was surprised I suppose that that he that he that he was let to get get the three steps and a jump straight in front of goal you know? yeah you know and I think he he actually looked for another penalty at one stage uh, Carl Barrow to flick it away but I think you have to be very care- careful um, that's right yeah you have to be very careful I think Peter Duggan for Clare was it against Tip he actually won a penalty for you know yeah, the full back maybe overplaying right, him yeah that's right yeah and you know now he maybe milked it a small bit but he still you know probably got felt the hands on him so he went down yeah. got the penalty like I think forwards so that's are, changed a little bit has yeah. it they're, 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 they're on to the forward, they're on to the full back doing that more exactly yeah. like if you're not watching the ball as a backman I'd say the referee's thinking you're 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 playing the man here and so again it's the it's the difference of the small bit of right where's my man but then as you were saying Mick I have to keep my eye on the ball here as well like you know because um, uh, there was another incident there Aaron Glenn actually jumped up behind Cottle Barrett in the first half and the ball fell out of his hand yeah. And Tip managed to scramble back. So there's only a few small small things there that could have been, you know, he could have easily had three goals. But he's just he's just so good at getting the leap behind you and pin yeah, you down. Yeah. As a backman, he's just he's so good at pinning you down with your elbow with the elbow just to keep you onto the ground. Barrett was saying he played the hurl, but it was yeah. he just kind of he, he was already up and he was he was just resting on him more than yeah, you could see it on the slow mode and, yeah. and, and the television screen actually after this. He just used his elbow just to give him a little nudge up and look. I don't think it's a free like it's just. Do you know, it's yeah, it's yeah. been cute, like you know. Yeah, it's frustrating when you're a back for it. Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> well, um, Gillan, was he over the? Was he was that? Was he over the mark? Did you think with the pull or was it? No, like when I seen Brian Gavin's comments, I was laughing because I used to love him as a ref. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he let yeah, you away yeah. more. He never gave cards, so I was, I was laughing at him saying it was a definite red. Look, for me, if it was a red card, I wouldn't be giving out. But a same on the same thing with a yellow, there was an intent there. It was a dirty strike, but. I've seen them loads of times in hurling matches over the years, and it doesn't bother me that it was a yellow card. Like I, I was happy enough with it, with it being a yellow, but it was a dirty stroke, and we know he has it in him. I like that sort of part of his game as well, though. So, yeah, uh, no, I was content enough it was a yellow because I think he half pulled out when he knew he wasn't get there, and it was just a dirty stroke. That's why, that's why the hurl went flying, it. isn't it? I've done yeah. that. I've been in that boat a few times as well. You know, you're going in, and then at the last second, you know, you're late, and you let you let loose, like yeah. So the hurl flies. You're your getting hand across the wrist yourself, so you're just going to let go of the hurl, and yeah, it looked worse from the front angle when I seen it from behind. I said, I know, I was happy enough for it to be yellow. Yeah, yeah. But I don't uh, know. I think I think deep down, Ronan yeah. might say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the American him yeah, in this morning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think if if it just happened if. I think it was Liam Gordon Griffin. If he did show Aaron Galan a red card, mm. I wonder deep down would Aaron say, "Yeah, I, yeah. you know, I put myself out there for like, you know." But yeah. Yeah. again, like as I said, when t- you slow the thing down, 
I think it's it's it always looks worse, doesn't it? Like, yeah. you know, in real time I was there, it looked bad and then the hurling went flying up there, so it looked a bit worse. Mm. Um but like I just love to know, like, as a player, if you were a tip player now, well ref, why are you giving the yellow card? What's yeah. the yellow card for? Like, you yeah. know, so just to so see what he'd say. Strike him with the hurl. Like. Is it striking then? Is it a red or? Yeah. Do you know, so. Um, You're a man of the letter of the law, by if it's. <laughs> I'm read, I'd be reading it. Ah, did he mean to do it? Now he's like, hang on there now. What does the rule book yeah, say? Exactly. Like, you know what's your notebook? Well, that's only if I'm the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I suppose we were talking a few, a few weeks ago about the setup. Like, how do we how do we set up? And you had plenty of insight into that. What did you see shape wise that Tipperary were doing? Well, who was who was doing it well, and what what were they doing well in terms of shape? I kind of think the tip pushed up, kind of pushed up in Limerick, mm. kind of man for man, like you know, following around the pitch, and it kind of allowed Seamus Kendi was playing at six. He sat back at times to give cover, and I think there was one or two instances in the game that the ball was delivered up by Limerick, and we'll just say Cottle Barrett and Aaron Galan went to the corner, the far corner of the cover stand at one stage for a ball, and Galan was in front. But Seamus Kendi was in straight away and the two of them swarmed Galan. And I think the thing we were talking about, I was thinking about the conversation we'd had with, remember Cork the first day, yeah. there was like two that went, and one went left, one went right, and he jinked left and they both went left. And it was like the two boys did two that boys perfectly that time. Yeah. One took left, one took right and, 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 and they dispossessed them. Yeah, you know, it was perfect. And see, the lads were pushed up out the field so they were putting pressure on the ball coming in. Um, now there's one or two instances that stick out in my head that Grode Hegarty got himself a bit loose at times um, Colin O'Neill once or twice but it didn't happen as much as it usually happens Yeah, and um, so I think that was a big difference a tip pushed up and they just they hurled Limerick wherever on the pitch um, you know man for man and I think it was very it was vital then that Seamus Kennedy could sit back now I was just talking to one of the lads yesterday even about it after then it's like it would be different if Keane Lynch was playing centre forward like you couldn't let him give him the space maybe that you could have given the other players. So it just goes to show how important I think he is to, yeah, yeah. to Limerick's, to, as a cog to Limerick's was machine there. Was one of the there, Ronan yeah. or was it? Oh no, I, I left him alone yeah. now <laughs> he wasn't in the best of form. <laughs> but um, but no, like I think Tip set up very well um, yesterday, you know, and for a lot of it there kind of showed, you know, they were able to work the ball up to feel themselves Tip off the shoulder at times and then they were able to strike the ball in. Whether it's remember we talked about a few weeks ago, that Cork maybe weren't striking that ball in when they got to a certain mm, st- yeah. stage of the field and were giving Limerick a chance to, to turn him back over again. Whereas I think Tip were off the shoulder once or twice yesterday and then they were able to d- give the ball in to space to a forward, you know, and I yeah. think had Dermot Burns, Declan Hannon turn running back towards their own goal a bit, you know, which um, I think is very important if you want to beat Limerick that you need them facing back towards their own goal all the time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think... Not easily done, like... No. Yeah. So I think going from man for man with them worked for a lot of it yesterday now you have to be athletic enough and strong enough to stay with him as well and I think Tip probably got tired finishing up which is totally understandable because they poured their heart and soul into it there for an hour like yeah I suppose in in some respects you see when that's the problem I suppose that's what Limerick are playing to as well if you play Limerick's game if you play man to man then they kind of dictate the shape a little bit more and then you look at a result where you sit off them and the half back line midfield come away with you know sometimes they're coming away with 12-13 points between those two lines alone Whereas it was Aaron Galan this time comes away with, uh, what they score, maybe 2-3, two, 2-4. Two, three, three, yeah. uh, so like that opens up the inside when you do play that. So that's that's their ability to kind of t- to play both sides. That's the, that's the hard part of it. That's like. it. Like, and I suppose Aaron Galan's two goals were, came from, we'll say, long balls into him. And yeah. they have that. That's what makes them so good and so strong as well, that they have to outball us. He can win the ball inside if needs be. Like it doesn't have to be this pretty ball 
uh, pushed into the forward line in front of space like um, but when you're going man for man like there will be times the protection might be there you know you, you want it there most of the time but mm. there will be times you, I suppose teams will have to talk about going out with say Tipperary now say right lads you will be man on man here for, uh, once mm. or twice in the pitch you have to be willing to go and beat your man to the ball yeah, like absolutely. and you know but um no, but said you tip. I think tip got the set up right for a lot of it yesterday. You know, even their puck outs. You know, the movement off the off the tip puck out. Like Joe Brown was getting on loads of ball in the first half. He, oh, he seems like an interesting character, man. What's what's Joe Brown's story? Like he's yeah. I, 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 like I, I saw. I mean, Jake Morris is coming for a while, and you can see this. I think, he's, he three, I think the two of them had three, got three points yesterday. But Joe Brown, for me, is going to come from nowhere, and he's from the start from the start like he was just he's like oh this fella's gonna he's on fire like you know he seems if he applies himself this is this is go, he's gonna be a brilliant hurler like yeah he was there he came, he was on the panel in 2019 with us when we went when we won against okay. Kenny and he came off the bench in a few games that year and he's 22 big, 23 yeah he was on, he, he's the 21 all Ireland in 18 yeah um, he won 21 all Ireland in 18 so um, look he brings massive energy pace probably not the biggest and strongest but like you see there yesterday he was just he had the Limerick lads kind of, you know, I wouldn't say all over the shop, but mm. he had them thinking a lot in the first half there with his movement. He was over and back the field, off the ball, on the ball. He was working back, getting hooks. Like, Jor's an energetic character off the field and he, <laughs> he brought he brought, he brought that onto the field yesterday like, and scored three points. I think he had two or three wides as well. Yeah. Like, he could have, he mm. gave Darren Burns a hard time of it now to be fair with his movement. And, um, yeah, but look, Jor has massive talent and he's been, I suppose he went off the panel for a year or two there as well, um, and he got his chance back this year. And he's he's certainly been been impressive. Take the Clare game and uh, the Limerick game yesterday, and like you have to say, he has he has been impressive this year. Yeah, he has. Um, yeah. It was there was a degree of inevitability that after the hour, as you said, they poured their heart and soul into it. And how do you, you know, keeping that up against Limerick, who are playing at a particular level? I mean, at 61, 62 minutes, and they really kind of kicked in. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how how do you the, the, last year they it was you went down and gave them hell in the first half mm. but everything and then they turned it around in the second half and this this year you got the sense that they maybe extended that out a little bit and they were able to manage Limerick for sixty minutes you know um, so it's headed in the right direction but I don't know Michael yeah to, to keep that. Yeah, to keep that pace up to beat yeah. Limerick when they're as functional and as efficient and and, and, and they can depend like Tom Marcy comes up and scores three or four points yeah. so you're not dependent on the same fellas every day like he's, they're just they're Yeah look there's so like that tip team of Colin Baller and like there's eight lads like the eight young lads starting the eldest one was 24 the rest are 23 and 22 mm. starting in championship against the All-Ireland champions like it's a very tough tough ask and like Paddy said earlier I just love the honesty you know when a young lad comes yeah, into your panel yeah, yeah. They're, they're bullish they're out to prove a point there's no fear of who they're playing or they're just a hundred miles an hour now what they need a little bit is maturity that you know stepping up into the county is a big big difference mm-hmm. from under 21 and, and even club senior so I, I thought they were going to struggle for the last 10 minutes, 10 minutes myself like they were I was so impressed with them just to the endeavour of it, like you know, and yeah, like yeah. you don't see it, people taking it to Limerick like they did, you know, and like you have to push up in their half forward line, and like the likes of Jerry Brown, he just you had a few people marking him, he just found that space in the lines, and Limerick the half back line like to sit back, they don't like to be pushed, pulled left and right, and mm. um, I just loved the way he he was going across that line, and and I was also impressed with Barry Hogan, I thought his book out some distribution, distribution was brilliant, was like he, yeah. he yeah. found them all the time, he wasn't given fifty fifty balls. 
because to that tip forward line, like some of them aren't great with their hands, but their movement is excellent. Yeah. So like with Stakelum and Brown, mm. you have to if you give them that ball, they were fine in the space and they were tenacious and it was enjoyable to watch. But Michael Breen just missed the score around the 60th minute, and then they went up and Boylan got a goal, and it just as you said with the crowd. And inexperienced team of tip, it was going to tell take its toll. I found like and look the score difference wasn't I mean, was, wasn't right on the there team. Was two three goal chances like it was one. Like, Michael Breen, is, you could have I, four. The, the yeah. ball, have four the ball dropped at one stage. I just thought he had to like if he'd have just came straight through it and pulled, yeah. he had, didn't have. Maybe he just couldn't couldn't believe it bounced yeah. at, his, at, at his feet where it was. But even if you get two out of four, like you're in for a different finish. Yeah, and like. I think uh, I think it was Nashers came across and he thought he was going to get hooked, so he miss hit the first one, and then the second one was like boiling, just a little flick, you know. And he had two of them that that could, that could have went in easily, you know. Yeah. Just I think with tips sometimes like they had nine wides throughout the game early enough and I was just thinking give the ball to McGrath like you're, you're known scorers because when I looked up he was in space for about four of them yeah. just a 20 30 yard pass and all McGrath rarely misses he missed one in the second half from a tight angle but throughout the game he's so accurate and I just think with tips sometimes when they're under pressure find your scorers yeah. I've always preached it like just find the lads who are going to in the right position and I think I think they're about an hour an hour gone an hour gone yeah about 10 or 12 minutes left the game was a draw I think with tip either draw or tip up by a point but they had three chances they missed they drove three wides in a row I think mm. and that was just saying like yeah. a bit of experience there like nail, nail one or two of them and you're just keeping them at arm's length a small bit every time like you were always putting two or three points between it and I think I think Noel missed a 65 or a free I can't remember I think Conor Bo came on missed a had a wide as well and there was one more as well I can't remember quietly but uh did, if you said if two or three of them, if two of them went over, you'd be keeping them just nudging them back the whole time. And it, and the opposite side in Limerick executed very well in the last ten minutes, twelve yeah. minutes, like you know. So that just it comes experience again, like you know, and that was tantum the younger lads as well, like. And is that the experience, like because I think the wides counts against Limerick each day. We're looking at them, the wides counts against are, are are significantly high, and it comes down to the choices that lads are making. The, the, the positions they're shooting from and their their body shape uh, like working the ball into situations where the statistics, like the statistics are high for scoring versus there's a chance there but it's yeah you have to you have to learn that you have to learn to play those uh, percentages like that's 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 a that's a thing of years like that's a thing of experience in in, in cauldrons I think yeah you know and like Limerick are renowned for getting the most shots off a goal in every game like you know they mm. could have up to 40 45 shots mm. a goal every game um, now I think at tip at half time yesterday I was just reading on Twitter at half time that someone had up to tip actually had more shots at goal than Limerick in the first half but again you still don't want to be taking silly shots as you were saying there Yeah. Um, but like that's where I suppose Tom Morris he's well experienced now like he could miss two, he, two or three wides but he stood at it and stood at it and came up with vital points near the, in the last 10 minutes for for Limerick like you know but again they weren't stupid shots like you know they, they were getting to scoring positions and they were but they're not afraid to take the shots on like you know and that's why they're scoring nearly you know yeah, they're so economical yeah. they're scoring nearly 30 pints a game like mm, you're 22-23 and you might have one two wides and all of a sudden the third chance is like you're you're thinking more about getting taken off than you are but yeah well it comes a lot of trust like too I'd say the Limerick lads are like they're so in tune with each other now after four or five years under the same regime same management that they know that they're trusting each other that they will shoot from the right positions and yeah. you know they'll pass the ball in the right times to the right per- person right position as well so like there's no one going to get out to you or, or roar the head off you because of a bad decision whereas if you're a younger lad in a team you're only on the panel for a year like some of the tip lads maybe as you said 
one or two bad options or one or two bad choices and shots, you're kind of you're kind of might creep yeah, into yeah, yourself yeah, a bit, like you know. Bit yeah. That uh, on the energy, one of the statistics actually that surprised me the, that that, that uh, energy we're talking about, Michael, was like the, we're we're talking every week about <coughs> the turnovers, the Limerick turnovers, and Tipperary out turnovered Limerick. Yeah. Like they, I think that what was it they got. One nine, one nine from the wrong puck out. Tip got eight from the wrong puck out. But in possessions lost, like Limerick lost thirty one. Limerick or Tipperary only lost twenty six, and they won. Th- they scored thirteen points from turnovers, whereas Limerick only scored seven. Like so, that's <coughs> that's a good indication for for where Tipperary are at, but for how we have to play Tipperary or how we have to play Limerick as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, they pushed up on the on the puck outs, and if you make Limerick. If you make Limerick go long, you've more of a chance, you know, and that's what happened. They just didn't allow them play out from the back. Everyone pushed up, and you look, you're leaving your full back line vulnerable, but it's worth the risk against Limerick. You have to, you can't just allow them quirk to find anybody. And, and also with Barry Hogan finding his players, he wasn't just hitting 50 50 balls. Yeah. So the young lads were that, that energetic. They were getting themselves free, which isn't an easy ask because Limerick play so tight, you know. So. There was, there was a bit of bit of boat in, in, in it, you know. So yeah, look, got the set up of the forwards. The yeah, forwards. You see that on, on the Sunday game last night, like almost like a line up line. the middle. Like yeah. it came into football a few years ago, and you could see it's this. I um, I don't know. Is it? Maybe it's maybe it comes. From, I'm not sure where it came from, but you could definitely see it. I remember Kieran talking about it as well, like just bunching himself, yeah. Matty Ford, and whoever else happened to be kind of in there. And it was like there's no there's no positions once it comes in. But now we're into a stage with uh, in hurling where it's like the half forward line, the full forward line are both just tied yeah. in, coming out as a back. Like I mean, it must be a dream yeah, but, to play out to. Yeah, well, Cork used to do it with us as a forward line. They'd all line up in the middle of the pitch, and mm. like what myself and Stephen Hoyney would do is, no matter what, I'm going left. I'm not going sprinting across the pitch yeah. and switching. You know, it's it's a different thing if 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 Morrissey and Gerard Hegarty go right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but but it's worth taking a chance. I don't think you can leave that space to, for them to run into just because of the pace they have in the half forward line. And yeah, it like, was tracked at one stage. Yeah. I was trying to see. Was, was it, no, was it Nash was Dylan, standing Dylan, on the wing. It was Dylan Cork, I think, at one stage. Just showed it. It was a oh, a run that went across. Hegarty went across and then backed over and. Two went left for a split second yeah. and then kind of corrected themselves. But it was that, like, if they have that, and that comes with time. You played with Heine for a Experience, long time. It's like, exactly. look at, I'm going right, you go left, yeah. that's it. Like, and it, it, it solves that problem a little bit. But you have to work your way into that. And you yeah, have to, absolutely. You have to lose yeah, a few it balls. comes with playing together. Like, like this Limerick team have played together for years. You might have mm-hmm. one or two positional changes or personnel coming in, but the majority of them have played together for so long. And tip, these tip lads, loads of them haven't played with Soitra for any more than one or two games. And you have to get to know each other. Like they got crucified their back line against Clare. But for me it wasn't lack of effort or it was just a bit of naivety. Yeah. They were running up and they were on top of each other and they weren't saying, Oh, Paddy's going there, I'm gonna pull back a little bit and that, that comes with time and experience. So I never thought it was as bad as people were saying because they're so young and inexperienced. They just need time, you know. Yeah. Plus it's, they it's come, they, they, they'd come off a good performance against exactly. Walter too. They weren't going exactly. to be Yeah, they weren't they were disasters overnight. Um I suppose the, yeah, the, the the word the, the limification of hurling, like they're Tipperary starting out in some respects on that journey, aren't they? Towards playing the game the way Limerick played a game, which is now the most effective style that there is, and everybody is kind of getting up to that, looking for turnovers, pushing up high, follow, deciding whether to follow the man or not to follow the man uh, in, in terms of coming out from the forwards. But but yeah, but you'd you'd you'd, you'd be happy, like yeah, you know, coming away, I suppose. I know that someone referenced it yesterday that Tip kind of Tip kind of done to Limerick what Limerick do to a lot of teams and that they they bunched mm. out the middle of the field they worked 
ferociously hard like and I think the big difference yesterday was the tip forwards not that I know we got two or three goal chances but we didn't convert any but the forwards are working so hard they were coming back down the field the wing forwards the midfielders are working back it was bunching up the middle of the field so mm-hmm. every time a Limerick man was held up and turned you run into another tip man it's, it's what Limerick do the, the half forwards Gold Hegarty Tom Arcey are always coming back out when the ball is poked out they're getting bodies where the ball is landing and I think Tip were doing that yesterday and they were just getting tackles in and like always it was funny like every time I played hurling over the last few years with, with Liam Sheedy as manager that they, there was tackle figures given up what he t- what we needed to hit targets at half time full time and more often than that like he used to have a target for 100 tackles in a game like and it was, it was gas like every time we hit the target we won the match yeah, no matter yeah, who we're playing yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do you know and then if you come in and lose then he put up the figure that you only had 65 tackles and you were beaten by a couple of pints but like every time if you were near the 100 or close to the 100 tackle mark um, after the game you more often than not we won the game like so like it just goes to show like you can have all the the skill and you know tactics you have but like sheer work rate and honesty from the players and Tip had that for in abundance yesterday for most, most for an hour that game anyway and it just proved that like put them under pressure like and Limerick were turning over the ball they were dropping the ball they were you know hurley passes that usually stick were going astray you know just didn't see themselves like you know, maybe they weren't going full belt you know a top gear that they wanted themselves but Tip weren't letting them either like because they were working that's hard that's the other question it's like you do see in the when 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 it's put up to Limerick they they hit into this gear that's like yeah it, it's impressive like it's absolutely impressive uh it didn't feel like they hit that yesterday. I don't know—is that Tipperary stopping them from hitting it, or were they just a little bit off? And, and, and Tipperary had a good day, and so it makes it, it makes it seem closer than it actually is. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I was sitting down watching the match myself live at, at the game. You'd be like, our Limerick just don't see themselves there for a while. But like, then I looked at it at more. Like, I was like, is Connor Stay coming these as we're just w- wiring into the Limerick class? You know, lads that were. Three, four inches taller than them, like, and they're just hitting into. Was him there much niggling? Like, was there? Were no, they, but were it's they, fair. Like, you know, the ball. Like, people are saying the referee give tip more I mean, freeze. Niggling, like, is, niggling but, is fair too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like you know, he stands on the toes, and you know, you can feel him. Like, were they were they in their face that much? Yeah, but or? it was more or less just in play and in, in rocks. Yeah, you know, okay. getting the bodies into rocks. If they were losing the hurley, you know, they were still getting their hands in. You know, they were tackling. They were some of the tackling was cute. I remember Jake Morris at one stage. You know, he put his arms in, but he'd let go straight away again and yeah, put him back yeah. in. It was very cute, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it was making Limerick kind of, you know, either overcarry the ball, which they got caught once or twice, or fumbling the ball or whatever, like, you know, and that's what Limerick do to all the other teams in the, in the county, so, uh, in the country. So um, I just thought Tip had, they put so much energy into that for an hour that, you know, and they probably didn't have the experience, you know, the, the firepower that Limerick have off the sideline, you know, they probably needed finishing up, but... Do you know, there's a lot of positive takeaways there mm. for Tip and probably a lot of, you know, takeaways for other teams and how to, you know, if anyone is going to beat Limerick, that this is what you have to do to try and top them. Now, it didn't work yesterday, obviously, finishing up because they powered on in the last few minutes, but the template is there, really, for teams to... Yeah. This is what you kind of have to do or, or mirror to try and beat Limerick, you know? Yeah, I think for the rest of the teams as well, you just kind of want that 
idea even of fallibility like you want yeah, to think exactly. that Limerick can be beaten like you know you just get a little do you know if Wexford Dublin you see like if Clare win in Ireland or somebody, you know, uh, a lesser light yeah. wins in Ireland all of a sudden there's hope it's a genie like all you need is the little glimmer exactly, of hope it's exactly, when they look yeah. like they can't be beaten it's just, <laughs> it's heartbreaking they I suppose to remind you of Kilkenny back yeah. years ago that, yeah. you know sometimes we play Kilkenny there in games and you'd be like Geez, how are we not going to, how do we not win this game like, yeah. and it's just I suppose good good teams and champions experience yeah. Just find something at the end of the game to get them over the line. Like, and I think Lyric found that in the last 10 minutes yesterday. It's that mentality as well. Yeah. They always think, oh, we're going to win. You know, and that comes with winning all Ireland, and they, yeah. they they win over and over again. So there's no panic, no panic sets in. Whereas you're not winning, or you're not confident. so clear in some of the in some of the play yeah. yesterday. Who was it in the in the first half? There was a ball came across. You know, Tom Morrissey definitely finished it. There was a pass came from Donovan in midfield, and he and he overhit the pass. And Morrissey went up to catch it and ran over towards the sideline. And when Donovan had it. He was there was two men around him and he looked like he was out for a Sunday stroll and they went over to Marcy and he missed the catch and you think then you're going over towards the sideline you know that feeling when you go yeah, to the yeah. sideline and you're in front so you have that bit of pressure on what am I going am I going to turn back or a little bit of pressure comes on hey fella looked like he was just out for a game under twelve hurling yeah. like he was just relaxed picked the ball up slotted over the bar yeah. off he went it's like God these fellas are there's next level composure like yeah, it's know. a style because after you're watching Tom Marcy and you're saying Jesus he's, he's playing well but not great but he's five points from play like mm. he's just that nonchalant style like you're saying he's, yeah. like he scored four points yesterday and for periods of the game he wouldn't he wasn't lighting the place up yeah. and then you walk away with four points and he was distribution, distributing yeah. the ball well which was so. another feature of the Kenny team as well wasn't exactly. it there was like different fellas that stand up if Sheffield didn't do it Martin Comfort to come in if he didn't Eddie Brennan would do it like different yeah. people stood up at different times yeah. like. and it's just you wouldn't notice him as such and you were saying like, I, I, I find the, the game's changed so much that like like Dermot Burns had three points scored off in the first half like, and you'd be thinking to yourself back in the day I'm going to get whipped off here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's just the game's changed that they're expecting Dermot Burns now to get up and get a point or two or he's the free taker and he's not moved so yeah. it's still the corner backs are, or corner forwards are getting called off we heard against that Cork team I think who's in the league maybe in 2005 I'm not sure uh, I think it might have been the championship actually in John Gary Come up and got a goal. I think Rory McCarthy might have been wing forward. And so I said to him afterwards, like, fair play, you held Gardner to a goal. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's the same with Dear Burns. If he only gets three or yeah. four points, like, exactly. it's not too bad. Like, it's they're unbelievable for it. Um, I suppose Munster is it's not so up. I suppose Clare have Clare have to definitely go against uh, against Limerick, and then they've got Waterford, but definitely on the other side in Leinster at the moment. Maybe the maybe the the pick standard wise is probably in in Munster. In fairness, but. Yeah, for excitement now. Uh, there's the, the weekend, this weekend coming. It's a big, big, probably a big game for a big, big game for Dublin this weekend. Yeah. But it's going to come down to the last day, I'd say, for for things to figure themselves out. Yeah, it's a massive game because like they've been they've been winning, they've won their last three games, but they haven't been brilliant on the pitch. Like they're they're getting through the games, but nothing spectac- spectacular about them. Mm. I think Maddie Kenny be eyeing up now. Kenny in in Parnells are saying let's give it a lash now and just get a bit of confidence in the players going forward in championship like I don't want to make it a battle make it tough and like we have a good track record in, in Parnell Park and yeah, it might just answer a few questions a few doubts in the players heads because they, they, they seem to drop every so often and there's that, always been that inconsistency with Dublin Hurling that you play a great game you might go out and beat Galway and then Leash might track you back or Antrim and, yeah, and it's yeah. just we have to put that to bed so like the last three games haven't been great, but they've been wins. And I just think if you're getting sometimes when you get through a championship like that, 
a bit of confidence grows and this would be a massive game now for Dublin and, and Maddie Kenny yeah. the weekend. So. They seem to be around where you were at probably 2006, I'd say. Like, you know, when yeah. Stephen, Stephen Heine was was coming, Dotsie was coming, McCaffrey, Connell, like there was something building, but you couldn't, there was two years there where we we'd no business beating you, or you but yeah. you just weren't able to get over that kind of, that next step. But once you got over the next step and then you started dealing with Kilkenny and you started actually, you know, you started yeah. be beating them, that, that tendency that Dublin have sometimes to think, oh, Kilkenny up here, we're exactly. kind of here. Once that's lifted, like, then you realise, okay, like, on any given Sunday, yeah. even... Kilkenny don't like, carry the fear factor they used to. Like, yeah. like, they're good, they're a tenacious team, but they're nowhere near what they were. But like, for Dublin, do for for, yeah, yeah, I, for a Dublin, like, for a Wexford, do they? Yeah, like, well, I, I found from 2010, 11 on for us, that fear factor had sort of gone. Like, yeah. Look, it was an unbelievable Kilkenny team you had to play for them years, you know, they I think the best team ever yeah. but when they started getting a bit older and our younger lads are coming in and they've been beaten to Kenny at minor 21 there wasn't that fear factor there anymore and you realised hold on we can we can beat these so I think that's in Dublin Hurl at the moment where they haven't got that fear factor anymore it's just more consistency now do you know and like so you Kenny, think they'll have go, oh they will they give it a good the cut they give be. it a good cut because like the likes of Chris Crummy and Danny Suck they've been there they're, they're mm. good leaders they're good leaders in, in lines that we need them in and it's just more like Maddie Kenny had a rebuilding job to do. Yeah. After the, after most of that team that won the Leinster final had gone, and uh, and them lads had been there for that success. So we just think now it's just time to build on, and I th- I think they'll give Kilkenny a good cut now. Yeah. Disappointing for Rushy. Yeah. Look, Sorry, Paddy. Yeah, yeah. Rushy's been in and out. You know, he's just struggling. Like he he, he mm. can't seem to get a a good run of games and he needs it to, to stay on the Dublin Dublin need him too. Yeah, like he yeah. came on at the weekend. I think. And yeah. Like the he just the yeah just hamstring again. And so look. You know yourself for hamstrings. It could be for five weeks, six weeks yeah. more. You know, and then where Dublin at in championships. So yeah, um, I, I, I hope I hope Dublin haven't gotten their head. Or we still have Galway. You don't want like I just like to in Parnell Park, be Kilkenny, and have a Leinster final to look forward to. You know, that's yeah, that's what I think. I think it's going to be a ferocious game on Saturday yeah. because, like as you said, there Dublin kind of have the the carrot of if they win. They're the fair chance to yeah. want to go through. Like they've, that'd be their four wins, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, four wins. Yeah. But likewise, if they, if they lose, then they're playing Galway, and Galway want revenge after I think it was 2019. Remember Dublin knocked yeah. them out, was it? Parnell Park. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you know? And and then on the other side of it, then Kenny are coming, and after being beaten by the pint the last day, usually yeah, a Brian Cody yeah. team comes back with, you know, you yeah. know, fire brimstone the whole lot, like, and they'll throw everything at it, which you'll expect. So I think it's going to be ferocious in yeah. Parnell Park, and. Like, you know, it's such a it's a great opportunity for Dublin to have that big result, you know, back up the Wexford game and uh That's the big that's the big game of the weekend, definitely. I mean Leash Galway, I, yeah, Leash that the tempo just isn't there yet. Westmead Wexford like Westmead have actually had they've had good showings like they've they've done better against the, against the big teams yeah. uh, comparative to Leeds. Really well like if if you're going up there with any kind of a relaxed idea, like you could find yourself in a dogfight very easily. Like as Dublin found up, yeah, there, I mean, they it was, did back down to three points yeah. and it happened to score five on the bounce. But yeah. I don't think we're in a position where we can actually take any game for granted. At yeah, the moment, you know, like watching Wexford again. I watched them in the Welsh Cup final against Dublin. I thought they were so poor. Now again, a lot of their starters were missing, and mm. I watched them in Wexford Park against Dublin. I just they don't seem to have a game plan. Yeah, you know, like I know over the years they've had a sweeper and. The, you knew the system Wexford were playing. Yeah. Like it might not have got them big wins, but 
you knew what they were playing and they, and they all bought into it. Just, I don't really see an identity with Wexford at the moment. It's stop, start, and then they might bring on Lee Chin for the last 15 minutes, lifting the crowd. And I just, I'd like to see him start. I'd like to see their best team start. At the, obviously, I don't know why he's not starting or he has a niggle somewhere, but uh, I just didn't see a system that Wexford were playing to. It was just hit the ball and we might get a few scores and I just they were lacking in both games I watched them so far this year so yeah yeah I'd, uh, yeah I'd say it's, it might be a little bit more nuanced than just hit it and hope but yeah but at the same time it's as clear as it was it's yeah, not as clear as it exactly. was definitely uh, who do you see coming out of Leinster then how do, how do you see that how do you see that going Paddy I don't think anybody's too pushed in Munster but who comes out of Leinster no, for some reason I mean yeah. I suppose Galway you definitely are, are, are going to feature and Kilkenny you know what you're going to get but <coughs> it does seem to all be in yeah, Munster but if you're when looking in from the outside who who looks it's like hard, It's actually hard to pick at the moment because mm. like, no one's really kind of you know standing out with performances yet like um, you know Galway probably very disappointed with the Wexford game the way it finished up like they had so many chances to, to put that game to bed um, you know and that 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 result might have been a bit of bother out come the end of the end of the round robin. But I have to me Galway. I think will come out. Um, yeah. You know, depends. I actually don't know. Like Kenny Dublin, whoever wins that game, like is 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 in the driving seat as well. But um, I just always have. I'm just expecting something big from Kenny the weekend. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, so I kind of expect him to come and then to toss for kind in whatever results go after that. But um, I think Dublin Wexford are. Um, you know, Wexford seem to be struggling a small bit, as we were saying there. Like, you know, Dublin have that probably bit bit more about them at the moment. But again, just two massive rounds left. So um, for me, Galway are kind of leading and Kilkenny coming after them. And then after that, then it's a toss of a kind. Yeah, yeah. I guess like Wexford are coming out of, as you were talking about, Michael, like a clear identity and they're kind of maybe moving into, they're not quite at the stage of like a temporary rebuild. But they're coming out of a very particular identity and trying to find a new one. Whereas Dublin are a little bit in that kind of in your face, like, "Hey, we're we're coming now, and we're yeah. kind of deciding." And just yeah, they're, they're like head to head. There's a point in it. That's all that's between them. But Dublin got the point, yeah. so that's uh, it puts them in the driving seat. Like, yeah, it's tough. Work. Like Wexford have experienced players. Like mm. you know, I, I don't doubt that. It's just more if they find a way the system to play, they they. Look, Wexford can always shock a team, you know. Yeah, you know yeah. that, like, yeah, like, we love. Go- yeah, you know, we like, you love, and like, no yeah, one turns into something. Yeah. Like one of those days, yeah, like, exactly. You do yeah. feel that with Limerick sometimes, like at the weekend, is like Joe Munster Championship. You're always wondering, like, and the round robin is a little bit different because it's you know works in a different system. But you be, you might think like Cork or somewhere. You might think Clare somewhere. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like this game opens up and has a life of its own, and you just <laughs> you're wondering where the performance came from, and and you don't. We're not getting that in the round robin. You can kind of pr- predict pretty much all the results so yeah. far uh, with the exception of maybe one or two Wexford Kilkenny in Nolan Park you'd be just hoping that that, ha- yeah, that little bit of magic that the championship magic comes alive and something happens that like you know Mick Jacob last minute and, yeah. you know not like yeah, a, yeah. and especially with that tail end of the championship because you haven't got a second opportunity like mm. most of the games at the end you're going to have to win yeah. so I think you're going to see real intensity real championship hurl and you're not going to see some lacklustre hurling as we've seen over the last few weeks yeah, which you can get yeah. in round robin you know because you don't have to win the first few one or two games you know so I think towards the end we'll see some rip iron matches and that, I expect that to be one of them Wexford and Kenny you might hopefully see the real Wexford then yeah hopefully would, yeah. The, would the real Wexford please stand up yeah. <laughs> one of the uh, from the weekend um, I've been following I've been following uh, Kildare's fortunes because I was doing a little bit with them uh, earlier on in the year and one of the things that surprised me about them um 
talking to even David Herity who was managing him and describing him just listen to his description of some of the players and I don't know I didn't I didn't know any of the Kildare Hurlers I don't know the Mayo Hurlers like I know Lee Keegan because of his association with football like and, and, and to, in some respects to my shame I don't and actually when I spoke to them and sat down with them I was like Jesus like there's a whole there's a whole world of hurlers here who I didn't know anything about and their and their commitment and their passion for and that not their commitment and their passion is is, is their, their capability like David Herdy was describing one of them like he was saying he was describing him in the same legions as some of the Kilkenny hurlers some of the great Kilkenny hurlers like you know so it was it was surprising um a very nice surprise to get and I've been so I've been following their fortunes and they're going very well uh Mayo it's a I was observing then what happened with Mayo and looking at the Mayo footballers and we all have been on, probably we've been on the right side of it uh, growing up, both with, you know, in your club. Sometimes it happens that the Camogie team don't get access or the football team don't get access to the main ground and there's this kind of question. But Mayo weren't weren't getting Mikhail Park and it was a little bit, uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a snub to the to the hurlers. But they're, they're looking at Derry now at the weekend. They both came off six or seven point wins. Um... Mayo, is it London? I think Derry beat London, was it? And Mayo, um, Sligo. Sligo by six. So that sets up the two of them now to, to have a crack at Kildare, who are kind of up at the top, waiting to be taken down. Um, yeah, what did you think of that, Michael? What's the, have you been following it? Or? No, yeah, like, yeah, you see it. You see it. Obviously, like, the games aren't shown, so you can't. Yeah. You just follow it online, but... I suppose, like, I'm from Dublin, it's the Dublin, it's football back, like, football was huge when I first started, so you know Hurland's on the back burner in all these counties, yeah. and then from living in Mead now, you see how honest the lads are, and the lads who want to hurl, yeah. it's everything to them, you know, it really is everything, and they give everything for their counties, and again, there's not much thanks for it, like, you go out and you could be in the end of hidings, or you don't get much support from the county boards, you're fighting for everything you have, mm. but the opposite side of it is, the, la- the love of the game everyone has, like, you're not, you're not, you're not there because you're getting everything, you're there because you love it so much, you know, yeah. and I, I sort of loved that aspect of it, like, as the years went by, we were, we were sort of giving more now, because we were more successful, Yeah. but for years there, when you're not getting anything, you're fighting for every scrap, you're fighting, can I train on this pitch, can, can we get these facilities, can we get what the footballers are getting so we understand exa- exactly where they're coming from of being there you know and um, t- it creates a hunger there yeah. you know like a hunger to be to, to be to represent your county so um, look it's great Kildare, Kildare have been beating everyone and it's, it's going to be a tough ask for whoever comes through that match to be to play against them so um, well, I, I, I can't call it I can't call who's going to play them to be honest yeah, with you yeah. so uh, you'd have to see more of the matches to be honest with yeah, you rather than reading yeah. up reports yeah one of the things from talking to a couple of the players as well, and I think if 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 management leaves uh, in particular, because you get a particular setup and you kind of commit to it, and if things are going well in particular, you follow it. But one of the things that they were talking about, um, which I don't think you would suffer as much for a Lee McCarthy team, is turnover. Uh, like if if a manager leaves four or five players, might just take that opportunity to say, well, we don't know what's going to happen. There's my opportunity. I'm 24. I see my friends dotted all over the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm they're I'm looking at their social media feeds and I'm like Jesus I'm here in the cold train in the middle of the winter and they're off living the high life and there's a, that that temptation to go seems to be it seems to be a lot stronger like there is the defiance that comes from the fight yeah. you know Rocky and Drago like you know you're not getting everything in the plate <laughs> you're having to fight for your corner um, <clears throat> and I was thinking of Sean Finn had, a, had an article uh, last week and he was talking about travel like he, he wanted to leave the Limerick set up and he kind of went for a couple of months and then realised when he was gone for a couple of months he said, geez actually things 
things aren't that bad where, where I am and I want to be part of it is it first of all very hard to develop a squad and a culture and a mentality if you've got that level of turnover that immigration builds um, the second thing is how did you deal with those questions did you have them during your career like of, 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 of wanting to leave yeah I suppose to answer your first question uh, the turnover and that and I suppose counties that are outside the Liam McCarthy and even some most of them outside of Joe McDonough you know probably football predominantly orientated counties like you know like mm-hmm. Mayo there the issues they had in McHale Park um, you know I've often been up there to different functions and things in Tyrone Armagh hurling functions yeah yeah and Middletown these yeah. places like just insanely passionate they just it, like. you can't they'd outdo any of us down mm-hmm. here down you know the more I suppose predominantly hurling counties you know as regards passion they just love it like and they tell you anything about any player any game that happened you know yeah. back over the years and it's just it's the same thing they come back to look to that they don't get the support maybe off the county board maybe it's all the money's being pumped into football and you know they, they don't have the same resources they don't have the same facilities as the, the football teams and that's tough like and then that leads on to what you're saying there is like you know players might say well, why am I hanging around for this you know we're not being treated the same you know and uh you know that like you you couldn't blame it for tw- coming out of college. Like I know, I know there's there's two or three players in Tipperary that could be on the panel, even the team this year that opted to go travelling because they're coming out of their final year in college. They said this is their last opportunity because they have jobs to start yeah. in September. You know, yeah. so like, and these lads are have been I've been top class underage players and in the club the last year or two. And you know, I know I know the lads in, in Tipperary wanted them to hold on but the lads said look fair, fair, play, fair play to him you respect him for saying look this is my last opportunity a few months to get away so you can see the other side of it as well they have their whole lives ahead of them they probably hope that they can represent their county for the next seven or eight years when they do come back yeah um, you know I was, t- I, I, I was thinking different when I was that age all I wanted to do was hurl and play for Tipperary and play for my club and I would have felt guilty if I didn't if I was given the opportunity and didn't take it yeah you know yeah. that's the way I was I suppose primed anyway, but um, but look, it's it's the up. success breeds. It's it's a, it's an easier decision if the setup, if you and I think for and I think for the lads in in like in Kildare or Mayo or anywhere else as well. If I think if you're part of a setup that you feel is going somewhere and things are gelling well, like it doesn't. I don't think it need, and I and I don't. You know, there's always a danger of, of being patronising with this, but I don't feel like it is. I feel like. Do you know, even with my club, if it was football and we weren't going, if 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 ever all the attention wasn't directed towards it, but if the if there was something good there and the energy was good and the enthusiasm was there, and everyone was part of something. Like you, you really want to feel like you're part of something. I think that that can keep you here. That's enough to keep you here because. I, yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes people describe like getting up and working in labour and jobs and getting up at five o'clock in the morning. It's grand you're working in Australia, but to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go work in a building site or to be back here playing hurling, like I, I just yeah, it was didn't didn't seem like much of a yeah. You know, it's all well and good if you're going away for a few months to travel and that, but like if you have to go and try and earn some cash out there as well, like it's a lot yeah. different. But you know, as you said there, if you can see something, a goal at the end of it, or a prize at the end of it, this is this group is going somewhere, or you know. This manager, this coach is, is is starting to turn things around in our county that's not predominantly being taught as a hurling county. You'd say this is good, this could be something special, and we'll like you see even there at Antrim the last year or two with Darren Gleeson, like he's turned their fortunes around, and mm. you can see the enthusiasm growing up there. And you know, like a lot of other counties like Antrim could have very good hurlers. It's just they're not probably getting the opportunity to develop them, and 
you know, show them what, they, what, they, what they're made of. And you sit there, like, David Herity doing great work in Kildare, like, there's probably hurlers there that are probably seeing, like, if I stick with this and stick with him, mm. we, could, we, could, like, we could actually go up through the levels here and show what we're capable of, you know. So, like, um, but, but definitely, yeah, like, you know, you can't, I suppose up to everyone to, I think the new structure of the, the season where you're only going from January to June or July yeah. is a big help as regards a player could say right if I give this all for six months five months the season's over it I can do my bit of travelling then for the next half of the year or whatever like till the club are on to you till the club are on to you yeah but like you know if, if intercounty <coughs> that's means, condensed as if, well like yeah, so yeah if intercounty means that much you know at least you can say right whether it's before when I started out and probably you Mick as well and you as well do that you were going from November, December, and you if you were successful, you were going to end of August, start to fall in September. Like mm. that's a long time. Like it's mm. not giving you any window of yeah. opportunity. And then if you finish in August, you're club. back in. Then you have the club for a month or two, and then you're back in with the county again. Yeah. It's just a constant yeah. turn of it. Like whether now there is that probably opportunity, the bigger window of for players to maybe say, right, I might get away for a few mm. months. And but that's the subtlety of the point with, 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 with Sean Finn, I thought, was that he t- he only went for two months. But he deci- he kind of, he decided for early on, so he decided the first day, right, I'm going to break away here for a little while. And he broke away. And then he had th- his moment after a couple of months where he said, do you know what, actually, I love this. Like, I'm going back to that. That's a great thing to be part of. I felt I played with a lot of players and observed a lot of players and still observe a lot of players who, because they've never asked the question, they kind of go, they talk about the sacrifice and they go through the, almost go through the motions of being an inter-county hurler. I don't see the the expression of joy yeah. that should come from playing the game because you love playing it. It's like you, it's because you played 14s and you were good and you played 16s and you were good and you're standing out with your club and it got minor and it got serious. You're in the 21s, might have won a few games, everything's going good, you're all of a sudden you're a senior hurler and then you're 29 or 30 and it's like, okay, well, I've got a wife and kids now and I'm yeah. down and I, and I never got away or something. And sometimes it's just that opportunity and maybe a, a, a shortened season actually offers up uh, that kind of a thing but I think it's crucial for every player to ask that question at some stage and I don't think I don't think they all do it like I don't mm. think many players do it really sometimes they're just like why am I why am I doing what I'm doing like do I, is it because I've chosen it or because it's chosen me yeah. you know and it's, it's a subtlety but I think that that, that pointed it out to me very clearly you know yeah well Sean Finn probably ran out of money and he had <laughs> <laughs> probably had something to do with it no I was more of an outlaw to be honest with you I just the thoughts of going away and working in a bar and scrounging around for six months would kill me you know so it never entered my my mind now. Did not, no. No, like I, sure happy I, I remember, I remember one year now, I, I was under pressure for myself to go away during the year and we, we, ha- we were given a bye week, one week, just we were told we had no training at the start of the year and so I booked four days in Spain, two of us, and that changed, that bye week changed then to a training weekend. And I was like, oh, I'm in work that weekend, you know, and I flew up to Spain. It was the worst four days ever. I didn't sit in the sun once. I had the phone off. Yeah. <laughs> I had to have about 100 missed calls from the manager. Like, you know, and I was like, I was in overtime all weekend, you know, it was nothing I could do. And I hated every minute of it. It's the worst thing I ever did. But Go out at Yeah, magic. honestly, I did. I, I was just, I regretted it so much, but uh, she had a great time, but I had a horrible time. So, um, yeah, that was the only time I tried to, Bolt off during the season, but I was very much. Jeez, like, I was a devil for me going <laughs> left, right, and centre. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember myself at home quickly went to Frankfurt one time for two or three days, and sure we missed our flight as well <laughs> on the way back. And calling up, I don't know, I was a, I was a bother, John Myler at the time, anyway, calling him up saying, Mr. Flight in Frankfurt, and we were over like looking at properties. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is the good uh, 2007 yeah. when it was or 2006 when it was the thing that people were actually doing like yeah. of course we were just uh, wanted a weekend so it's like the weekend off like just give yeah. us a weekend off it's eight months like why do I have to even def- why do I have to defend myself for wanting a weekend off I just have yeah. a bit of time off yeah. and I come back better for yeah. it I just yeah. need to I need to let loose a little bit yeah. you know because it's, it gets pent up and it gets tense and sometimes I just yeah if you could just take the week enjoy yourself, tend to your relationship, tend to your friendships or whatever, and do yeah. that for a few days, you come back, then you're, I think you're better for it, you know? Mm. Yeah, but I think, what I've seen over the years is lads, like, I would have been afraid of my life to go to a manager over my career and say, can I, uh, we have the weekend after, like, if if he finds out I'm going away for the weekend, oh, yeah. out foreign or something, like, straight away they're thinking, I'm automatically thinking, they're saying, you're not looking after yourself, that's not what you should be doing, you're not recovering. But mm. like, you see professional rugby players through social media. You see God, professional man. soccer players. As soon as they get a couple of days off, get away, refresh with their partner, whoever it is, you know, come back. And already, as you said there, you're appreciated more the following week when you come back and mm. you'll be re- mentally refreshed. I think in the GA, there's a mentality there that's like, I can't ask, I can't ask to go away for a night here or, yeah. you know, or I can't ask to go away for a few, um, I'm going away for can't a even, I, can't, I can't even imagine you not being, like, you give, like, of of the majority of players, Polly, like Jesus, you know, you were never found wanting in terms of effort, honesty, integrity, like that you couldn't, you know, that you couldn't go and say, like, look at, it's not even a question, like, it's not even, I'm not, I'm not asking a question, I'm going for the weekend, and I see you on Tuesday, and if uh, I don't know, like, maybe you don't want me back Tuesday, but I'm going because I have to go. I, it comes to it comes down to trust. Derek Holland was talking about it last week. It comes down to trust, definitely, like, but. I mean, if you if you couldn't be trusted to do that, it's amazing that you'd have the inner monologue of thinking, geez, he probably thinks I'm not doing it because you can be I I can be sure of one thing is that every manager that managed you didn't wasn't thinking about you. They weren't thinking about you. They might have been thinking about other fellas, but they weren't thinking about you, like Yeah, but maybe I don't I suppose that could have been a per- person thinking myself mentally, mm. but like jeez, mm. there's no way I was going to approach, you know, one of my managers and say, I'm going away there for the weekend to you know, even going over to a soccer game in England or something, like you'd be like Jeez, no, if he finds out, he'll think I'm going soft now or, you know, right. I'd be worried God, about, man. is it, will he play me the next day or, you know, what's going to happen? Like, so I just kind of left it off and, <laughs> you know, go for your game yeah, and go for the home or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's just, the way I, just the way mentally I was thinking. Like, but yeah. again, but I think it's a GA thing that, you know, you're either all in there or, you know, if I if I ask him to do this or can I go here, can I go there for a night or, yeah. you know, he'd be, he'd be straight away, he'd be, he'd be coming down in a ton of bricks, like, you know, so... Um, yeah. I just think I invited yeah. it all and I said wait till we were knocked out of the championship or wait <laughs> yeah. till we got into the championship and then enjoy yourself you know that kind of way I, I, I had that for early on in my career definitely as well but two that changed over two very particular incidents and one was up in a pub in Kilkenny I think on a Tuesday night I definitely wasn't supposed to be up there on a Tuesday night but I was up there on a Tuesday night anyway and there was about eight of the Munster rugby team they'd been playing at the weekend and they were in for a couple of pints now a couple of pints was a couple of pints to them they were in having you know three or four pints but they were singing and the crack was good but they were playing with Ireland I think on the Saturday yeah. and I I could recognise a few of the faces who I knew we were playing on Saturday as well and the other time I was in the Hall in the Wall pub up in, in Galway after uh, during the races and I don't know was it I kind of terrible on the jockeys, but anyway, the f- one of them who was fairly well known to be a wild child, like was hanging upside down from his legs under rafters, high fiving people going by, full as a boot, and he was in a hundred thousand euro race the following yeah. day, like, and, and and there was no, there was nothing said. It was like, and I saw that with, with Kieran playing soccer. It was like, look at if you can run the hundred in ten seven on Saturday, and you can run the hundred in ten seven next Saturday. It's not really my business what you're doing between. Whereas. 
sometimes there's this overarching, overreaching yeah. harm into our lives that I thought hey, could could chill could chill a bit, like you know. And a bit of relief like, for me, the, you don't see GA teams going, especially in the county, for a few points because you're released. So like you might only get one month every one one weekend every eight weeks. You might get one night to maybe go out, and that's go bananas because. Yeah. And and it doesn't help with injury, it doesn't help with anything because it's your one night, everyone goes out on the lash, all, all, it's all errors, and you, you might see a few more injuries then over the few weeks, whereas if you're released a bit more and, and allowed to go for a yeah, few yeah. points and not go, no, not go mental... I think it, it would help players all around, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Now, obviously, some lads wouldn't listen and they go bananas every time you're allowed. They're the ones who rule it for yeah, the rest yeah, of us. Exactly. Listen, would, uh, we could go on about this one for a while. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, that's all we have time for. Um, Polly, great to have you in studio again. Michael, pleasure uh, as well. well. We'll get you back in to see uh, with the, 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 the big question yeah. in Leinster with Dublin and Wexford and see, see who comes through. That's all we've got time for. We're looking forward to another huge uh, weekend of Championship Games next weekend. And we'll be back to recount and recap on all of that thanks very much for joining us you're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe Donald Donovan is the left corner back he hits it he hits it it's over the bar oh holy Moses what a match there's been a missing person in Clare for 81 long years well today that person has been found alive and well and that person's name is Liam McCarthy. They know as much about serious level sport as I know about the sleeping habits of the Ayatollah. There's a, a streaker on the ground now. He must be a Kilkenny man because he's quite happy with the situation right now. 